Welcome to Talking Away, number one, the most important number in motorsports. Or is it? to say really looking forward to today's show because we've recently seen the number one plates revealed in both MotoGP and in World Superbike and it's quite astounding that Pecco Bagnaia, MotoGP world champion, is the first rider the Italian since Casey Stoner in 2012, over a decade ago, to elect to run the number one plate. And with Alvaro Bautista alongside him on the Superbike, the Ducati Panigale V4 Superbike, the new version of that one, we've seen a number one on a bike from a single manufacturer in both of the world championships, MotoGP and World Superbike, for the first time since my reckoning, since 1996, when it was Mick Doohan on an HRC Repsol Honda in MotoGP and Carl Fogarty on the white Honda in World Superbike. Of course, he won his second world title the year before in 95 with Ducati and switched to Honda for that single season with the prestigious number one plate in 1996. So I reckon that was the last time a single manufacturer had the number one plate on its bikes in both MotoGP and World Superbike in the same season, way back in 1996. Correct me, please, if I am wrong. But the big question is... Should the number one plate, the prestigious, the iconic, the the sacrosanct in many ways, number one plate be obligatory in MotoGP and World Superbike or for that matter, many other motorsport series or should it not? We have a star panel joining us on today's Talking Away of top racing journalists. We've got a team owner on the line, hopefully, and two world champions as well. We start with Dennis Noyes. We cross to the United States of America, a legendary motorcycle racing journalists those of you who uh, listen in spain will have heard dennis alongside angel nieto in the past and others on uh, telethinko's moto gp coverage a real legend in my opinion and uh, i'm expecting dennis to have a pretty strong opinion on this one he's on the line it's an interesting one dennis We've had, of course, Banyaya and Bautista alongside each other. I have to say, I would have been very surprised if Ducati hadn't had the uh, opportunity, if they hadn't actually done it, to uh, put those two alongside each other with number one plates. But simple question then, Mr. Noyes. Should the number one plate be obligatory if you are the world champion? Yes or no? And why? Hi, Dennis. Well, hi, Greg. Um, You're probably asking, I don't know if you're asking the wrong guy or the right guy about the number one. I'm an American, and it just never occurred to me that anyone who had the uh, opportunity, the privilege, the permission to carry the number one would choose not to do it. Uh, In American dirt track, uh, which is really the basis of all of our American racing other than motocross, uh, our road racers were all flat trackers back in the glory days. And we had a, uh, a system, which still is in effect, that uh, you wear the number one when you are champion, and when you're not champion, <clears throat> you revert to your national number. Kenny Roberts' national number, uh, when he first came to Europe, or his, um, his American national number, when he wasn't champion, was number 80. And that's the number he wanted 
when he came in 1978, but his team, as he says uh, so eloquently, screwed up and forgot to ask for the number, so I had to take any old number I could get. Uh, that was interesting because the Federation and some of the um, promoters were annoyed with Barry Sheen because he was carrying the number seven, and they wanted a number one on the racetrack and a number one on the program. And as a result, uh, some of those organizers, and I don't remember exactly whether it was Finland or Sweden, um, but you could look it up. Uh, if you look in the old results, you'll see that Kenny Roberts, even when he was a rookie, he wasn't even world champion. He was racing Barry Sheen, Sheen carrying the number seven, and Roberts was running the number one, not because he asked for it, but because they gave it to him, and possibly because he was leading in points when they came in. Going back to Barry, Barry Sheen uh, traveled to the United States, and he was a good friend of Gary Nixon. Gary Nixon was national number nine, and Barry was interested to see that uh, that Nixon had uh, marketed merchandise T-shirts with the number nine on them. And when Barry went back to uh, GB, uh, he did the same thing, uh, selling and you know Barry Sheen T-shirts, Barry Sheen merchandise, which was not something that everyone did. Um, I don't ever remember seeing a Giacomo Agostini t-shirt, but I sure did always see Giacomo Agostini running the number one uh, whenever he was allowed to. Um, so <clears throat> Barry, when he won the championship, had already gotten involved in this business of being number seven with his personality connected to his number. So he just continued to run the number seven since there was nothing in the FIM regulations that said he had to take the number one. I remember FIM people being very annoyed. Uh, Nicolas Rodil del Valle, who was president of the uh, Federation at that time, just could not get it through his head that somebody who could carry the number one wouldn't do it. You'd never see Angel Nieto carry any number but one if he had the right to, to do so. Um, there's been a lot of, I don't know, uh, some controversy about it, you know, saying mm -hmm. if someone doesn't wear the one, that means they don't have confidence in themselves. Well, that's obviously not the case with Valentino Rossi, who made uh, number 46 sort of his trademark. So really, that's that's the way it goes. Um, Dennis. Should it be obligatory? It's a privilege. If a guy doesn't want to carry the number... There's no way that the uh, FIM is now, in 2023, going to make a regulation like that. Uh, I'm very di I'm disappointed when a rider doesn't carry the number one, but I can certainly understand it. I'd love to see uh, when I when I see Mark Marquez on the racetrack. You know, I kind of imagine a number one, but actually he's number 93. So uh, really, that's that's about what it comes down to. Um, Dennis, it's interesting as well how you uh, mentioned Gary Nixon there and. Um and Barry Sheen. And it doesn't surprise me to hear Barry Sheen doing something for commercial interest because obviously, you know, he always said, didn't he, you always get a bad deal on the tax and you, he was very careful with his money and uh, apparently Barry was always first in the queue at Cadwell Park for the national races there for prize money and his brown envelope, so I hear, was always tended to be fatter than everybody else's. So that doesn't surprise me. But um, Roberts then, it's interesting. So you said there was a race there when... Possibly Kenny Roberts ran the number one, even though Barry Sheen was the reigning world champion. That would just never happen anymore, would it? Well, Roberts carried the number one whenever he could. I think the last guy to successfully uh, defend the championship with the number one was Mick Dewan. And I do remember Mick 
kind of talking out of the side of his mouth the first time he saw somebody show up. I think it was Danny Pedrosa showed up with number 26 instead of the two, although Danny had worn the two when he was second in the championship. But Mick sort of said out of the side of his mouth, I see these guys just carry any number they feel like. You know, he said, I'd, I'd like to see them all carry the number top 10 they wore last year so they could all line up on the grid and I could remember where they finished. Well, that actually reminds me of when I grew up watching touring cars at the, the heyday, really, for the British Touring Car Championship, the Super Touring era in the 1990s. I remember playing the computer games, uh, the Toka Touring Car Championship and Toka 2, and all the cars had the number on of the position they had in the championship the year before. I remember the Honda, James Thompson's Honda had a number five on for the 98 season because he'd finished fifth in the championship in 97, for example. Uh, Alain Menu in the Renault had the number one as he was the 97 British champion and so on. Dennis, thank you very much for that. Live on the line there from Borrego Springs and really nice to talk to Dennis. Now, I think we should have Hodgie on the line now. BT Sport MotoGP pundit Neil Hodgson, the 2003 World Superbike champion, who, of course, was synonymous with a three-digit number, 100. Um, what do you reckon then, Hodgie? The simple question, really. Should you be obliged to run the number one plate if you are the world champion? Yeah, I think you should be obliged to run number one. I, I, I don't know. When did it change? I don't even know when it changed. I don't know who the first person was not to run number one. You'll know the answer to that, but <laughs> got to num- run number one, haven't you? That's the whole idea. You spend your life trying to be number one. It's all about being number one. So I don't see why you wouldn't. Obviously, I understand the commercial value of Valentino Rossi's number 46 and all that sort of stuff, but my God, do you think Juan Mia would, if he could turn the clock back, have pictures of him riding that Suzuki around with a big number one on? If I was Mia, I would, because he's not going to win the world title again, is he? And I don't mean that disrespectful to him. It's just a fact, isn't it, that you've never got that picture of you with your big number one on. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm for... All for the big number one. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. It sounds, I don't know whether you could hear what Dennis was saying before, Neil, but it sounds like Barry Sheen possibly was the first not to do it. And it's no surprise if Barry Sheen was the first, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a rule breaker when he had half a chance. Ironically, though, Hodgie, correct me if I'm wrong, but I actually, I can't remember you ever running a number one. I actually only put a number one on my bike on one occasion because I won the British... 125cc championship in 1992 and I did a one-off appearance at the end of the year I did a one-off race uh-huh. um, back in England in 93 with a number one on and it felt well good but every time I won a title like when I won the um, the 125cc championship I went to I moved to Grand Prix racing when I won the BSB championship in 2000 I moved to World Superbikes of course. when I won the World Superbikes I moved to MotoGP so and i tell you what did piss me off whilst we're on the subject, that I couldn't run a three-digit number in MotoGP and then maybe run number 50 instead of 100. That was crap. <laughs> yeah, of course, that makes sense now. Obviously, you've always moved on, haven't you? So you, you weren't able to run the number one apart from that one-off you just mentioned there. I'd forgotten that, I have to be honest. Um, yeah, I remember Kyle Smith in the World Superbike paddock in World Supersport a few years ago had to go to 11, uh, couldn't run his one one one. We think of... Uh, Aaron Slight, of course, used to be 111, uh, famously a three-digit number uh, on bikes. And also on the Peugeot when he did some uh, car racing in the BTCC 2001 and two, if you remember. Um, yeah, frustrating, actually, that you've had this number then, I guess, all through your life, all through your career. Um, 
and then you're not allowed to run it. Why? Did they ever sort of tell you why? But anyway, there you go. I actually do quite like the red plate as well for the championship leader, like they're in, in motocross. I'm quite a fan of that, to be honest, because I dip in and dip out of motocross and I can just flick on a race and I can tell who's leading the championship. Um, and, yeah, with MotoGP, with uh, three digits, they never give me a reason. They didn't say, oh, it's because our timing system doesn't work with the three digits or they just said no one's allowed three digits, which I thought was a shame. But, anyway, mm. I would think that, wouldn't I? You would. Thank you, Neil. Well, <laughs> Thank you very much for that. Uh, let's let him get on. OK, from one World Superbike champion to another, my good mate James Tozund is on the line as well. Mr. T, I'm going to just let you talk here because you've been listening into your good friend Hodgie, uh, Dennis as well, before him. So, yeah, same question, James. Same question. You, of course, World Superbike champion of 2004 and 2007 with Ducati and then with uh, Tenkata Honda. Weren't able to run it, of course, in 2008, number one, as you went off to... Tech 3 in uh, MotoGP on the satellite Yamaha and did rather well as well on the front row on uh, your debut in Qatar. But, of course, you did run the number one on the Ducati in World Superbike the only time you had the chance in 2005. So I'll shut up, James. Over to you. What is the James Toesland verdict? Now then, buddy, I'm contemplating whether I think it should be obligatory or not. (laughs) Okay. First thought is kind of maybe not obligatory, uh, but I do think it it adds to the show. I think seeing the number one on the grid and around the racetrack for people that aren't that familiar with the actual racing and the format, um, to know who's the world's best at that time, that they can kind of, um, they can judge of the other riders on how they're doing. and if there's obviously another number in front of him, they can go, well, he must be doing really well. He's in front of the number one, etc. It um, it symbolises that. I think for commentators, for us guys, it's a, a level of interest as well of seeing the number one, that prestigious number of, of being crowned the world champion. I think it adds to television. Uh, obviously, though, um, there's an image of uh, obviously Valentino and Mark Marquez never running the number one. They were synonymous with their number 46 um, and 93, and, and, and they they didn't want to change that. So uh, it is uh, there's there's also a financial side to it as well with <clears throat> uh, branding and the individual brand of the the, the rider. Mm. But um, but I think it, it looks great on the television and on on the bike and for the interest of everybody. Um, to see the world champion with the number one on the track, I think it's an addition. So um, I think it's a positive thing. I think everybody would have been really excited to see the number one on Bautista's bike and Banyaya's bike. Um, Bautista said it was like a, a fresh challenge because when you walk in the garage and see the number one, it um, it's it's a challenge and, a, and an excitement to want to keep that um, because it looks so good on the bike, obviously. So he's gone gone with that. Banyaya wasn't really kind of synonymous with the number 63, was he? Uh, for years and years, he was a different number in Moto2 and Moto3. So he didn't have a, he didn't really keep one number through the whole thing like Valentino did. So I wasn't surprised when he had a number one because he it, it wasn't, it just changed again, really, from, from different categories. So he wasn't stuck with one. Um, me personally, I really enjoyed having number one in 2005. 
uh, I just I wanted the imagery myself. I knew in oh God, what is it, uh, 19 years on, to see the photographs and to see me riding around on old videos of with the number one on the bike and um, as the world champion, uh, it was a really proud thing to have kind of raced that year with that number uh, for 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 memories to to come in further years. Um, as a confirmation of, of winning the championship in 2004. So um, it's psychologically though, quite difficult for riders because when you see a number one, there's nothing to strive for on bettering yourself from that point. And that can hinder your motivation and, and your desire to uh, always improve every single day, which you do as a, as a motorcycle racer. Mm. So seeing the number one means, you know, there's there's nothing more ever to, to kind of achieve more of. So I think that's why some riders maybe just go with their usual number to keep the same mentality and the same approach to their racing, to always want to get the number one, but never quite having it. When the number one's on the bike, it kind of uh, signifies that it's confirmed that you are world champion. And that psychologically, every time you walk in the garage, can be a bit of a monkey on people's back. So... I get it either way, but I think it's a positive to see the number one on the track. Yeah. Thanks, James. Intriguing stuff there, Jimbo. Um, what you say about the psychological element of it as well, because I suppose a literal number one on your fairing at the front of the bike and on the, the bottom of the belly pan as well, because we often see it, don't we, on, on the side of the bike, which definitely helps when you're commentating, that's for sure. Of course, don't forget to listen to uh, Eurosports World Superbike coverage this year. James, one half of the commentary team there. Um but yeah, I guess a literal number one very much results in a metaphorical target on your back then, doesn't it? Because everybody's after you as though, you know, as if they weren't already. Um, thanks for that, James. Let's go back to another BT man now. And Michael Laverty, 10 times a British Superbike race winner, MotoGP uh, rider in the past as well, of course, uh, and World Endurance, and now very much moving in successfully to uh, so far to team management. Have we got him on the line, Michael Laverty? Yes, we have. Hi, Michael. Hi, Greg. So, I don't like it where you, you're obliged to run the number one, um, but I do think it should be something that every rider wants to do because, obviously, you've earned the number one plate. So, I'd, uh, I'd much prefer to see it, uh, <laughs> a desire from the rider to run the number one than uh, an obligation. I like the number one plate out there, and I love the 500 era when it was the done thing. If you won the championship, you wanted to show everyone you were the champion. Unfortunately, uh, merchandising and creating a brand with your number and your logo has become so much more prevalent in the last uh, decade or so, or longer really, since uh, since Rossi started winning and um, bucked the trend of running the number one. But yeah, it then um, t- turned a few superstitious that it's bad luck to run the number one. But yeah, I do think if you win it, you should you've earned it. You should want to display it with pride. But um, yeah, seen even with Johnny Garnes, my rider, first champion we've had, and uh, he run the number one just for one race, and he crashed straight away in FP1 and uh, concussed himself. So it was just on the bike. Uh, for basically one session and yeah. he put himself out of action for the Donington yeah. weekend at Aragon so it made him paranoid that it's bad luck and now he doesn't want to run it in BTC this year so yeah, I've had to give in and let him run the 57 but I'd have much preferred to see the number one on there so it is what it is it's turned in it's changed the game has changed whereas um, yeah 
but mandating it, I don't like. I don't like forcing someone to do something against their will as such. So um, yeah, I'm not for. I'm not for mandating it. Michael, thanks very much. I'll let you get on because I know you're driving obviously on your hands free there, but keep your eyes on the road. Michael Haverty, thank you very much indeed. Speak to you soon. It's interesting what you said about Johnny Garness, who I was commentating on at BSB last year, stunning champion in the Honda British Talent Cup. And I know he's focusing more on the European Talent Cup this season, uh, but also looking to retain his title with his number 57, as Michael said there, in the BTC alongside BSB. So have a look at that this season. Um, But yeah, I remember, I remember Neil McKenzie and I had him in the commentary box with us at Donington because he had been ruled out. And funnily enough, uh, Alvaro Batista running the number one uh, at Jerez testing at the end of uh, January 2022, so just recently, first day with the number one, and he crashed in a, a high-speed crash as well up at turn one at Jerez. Uh, he blamed Anna Carrasco. Anna Carrasco said it had nothing to do with her. She was on her KTM Moto3 bike testing as well, which you have to say is a little bit dangerous, isn't it, to have a superbike and a Moto3 bike on the track at the same time? But perhaps that's a discussion for another day. But uh, if you missed that, have a look. It was a bit of an embarrassing exchange, actually, between the two Spaniards on Twitter recently. Um, and Anna Carrasco, in no uncertain terms, telling Alvaro Bautista not to tell fibs um but Bautista seemed pretty clear saying Anna should be uh, with the amateurs and uh, Anna Carrasco then uh, tried to connect that up to whether that was something to do with being a female rider I really don't think that was the case I don't think that's what Bautista was suggesting at all but he was blaming Anna Carrasco saying she was coasting too slowly on the line she said she was already out of turn one and looked back and saw him crashing anyway that's by the by um but it is interesting that sort of pressure it puts on you I think with a number one we started with a journalist so let's end with a journo as well and from one Michael to another Michael Guy MCN Sports Editor the floor is yours, Michael, really. You've heard all that from Dennis and Hodgie, JT and MLAV. Um, so we're going to give you the final say because I don't really feel like we've come to a, a real conclusion with this. It all seems quite balanced so far, and quite an equal uh, division of opinion. What do you reckon, Michael? I think from a purist point of view, I think the riders should absolutely decide what number they choose to run. It should be their prerogative whether they take on the number one plate or continue with the number they've probably run in for the majority of their career. However, from a show point of view, I do think that it's a good thing because it can be immediately identifiable which rider is a number one. Um, obviously, a lot of viewers will know who's who on track, but there's obviously an element of people who are more casual viewers who maybe want to get into the sport and with all the bikes looking the same and all the helmet designs being so sort of intricate you can't really identify riders from the side of a track or even sometimes on television you have to know what you're looking for i think it could be a good thing okay um but to put this one to you guido as you know at motorcycle news of course guy in italian i'm not quite sure actually who first came up with that at uh, mcn i don't know whether it was alison silcox anyway um what about the McDoan opinion that Dennis described earlier on in the show? The, you know, for example, let's say uh, the top five for ease of viewers at home or watching trackside who maybe, certainly those who don't follow the championship quite so closely, if you're watching on the telly and you happen to just uh, put the race on and find yourself watching it somewhere. What about, let's just say, the top five from last year's championship run with their finishing position of 2022 in 2023, for example? Why don't you extend that? Why don't you extend that to the top 10 so that anyone watching could immediately know who's 
the top riders in the class. Yeah. And that would also be interesting that if there were riders not with a one to ten number, they you'd know and they were battling up front, you'd yeah. know that they were uh, doing something over and above they've done previous yeah, years. Yeah, good point. You could also do something with rookies maybe to identify the rookies easily because, you know, that's always quite a talking point for, for, for everyone at the start of a season. Maybe they run a three-digit number. So you can straight away see that they're a rookie. Just ideas. Um, obviously, countering all that, and would be a major stumbling point of changing riders' numbers each year is the commercial point of view in terms of riders' merchandise, riders' branding. There's obviously a lot of money in that. VR46 being the optimum one of Valentino Rossi, um, you know, that number was just synonymous to him. It would be a difficult one to juggle. But if the governing bodies made it mandatory, the riders would have to oblige. Yeah, they would. I don't think Barry Sheen probably would have done, but anyway, yeah. Michael Guy, thank you very much indeed for that. So it seems though, uh, as though we don't really have uh, a proper conclusion from anyone in our star panel there, do we? I am half joking there, of course. Some really interesting points uh, made there. Here's just one I'll throw in. I've just been thinking about this while we've been uh, recording the show. What about you could have a three-digit number? This is the Gregory Haynes opinion. Random. Maybe you could think of uh, a three-digit number, for example, for the world champion only. So it looks very different uh, on the TV graphics, on uh, the billboards, uh, wherever you're going to see the number. And you could maybe have the number one and oblige them to run a three-digit number, but combine it with their usual numbers. So Mark Marquez would be 193, 146 for Rossi, or uh, 165 for Jonathan Ray, for example. Bautista would be 119 in World Superbike this year. And maybe you could put the one in, a, in a, as a red colour, for example, or, or a different colour to your normal number. I don't know. It might just make it look a little bit different. I don't think, really, to quote uh, David Brent from The Office, there is no right or wrong situation here. It's just opinion, isn't it? And we've definitely got, judging by what the star panel have said there, are five of Dennis Noyes, Neil Hodgson, James Toseland, Michael Averty and Michael Guy. Thank you very much again to all of you. Um, a real variation. What do you reckon? Let us know. We're on Instagram now and Twitter as well. Search for the Talking Away with Greg Haynes podcast on there. But I'm really interested to know what you all reckon. And is this something that should actually be changed or are we just uh, making a bit of a a mountain out of a molehill here and venturing into something that we don't need to touch and it's perfectly okay as it already is. Let us know. I'll be very interested to hear your opinions. But for now, you've been listening to Talking Away about number one, the most important number in motorsports. Or maybe it's not. Speak soon. Speak soon.